Hey y'all, welcome to Sunny D, the ponderings of a black, polyamorous, pansexual, polymath. That's me, D-Ray. I talk about relationships, relationshipping, intersectionality, tea, and a whole lot of other shit. Let's get on with the show in our first couple segments. All right, y'all, so today is a great day. It's a wonderful day. Um, Yeah, today on What's the Tea? (laughs) Well, I didn't try a tea. Actually, I did. I tried a tea, and I put on my um, Twitter, on my Minxie's Tea of the Day. I do it almost every day on Twitter, and I put it on there, and I did not like it. I did not like this tea, y'all. I bought it from a place. I'm not going to tell y'all what it is. The Twitter followers can get that. Um, But I'm not going to put it out into the spoken space because I love this company. I just didn't like these ingredients together. And that's okay. Um, But I don't want to give a one star, in my opinion, tea to my listeners. So what are we going to do? We are going to talk about this tea that I tried to make. (laughs) Um, So last night... My boyfriend asked me which of my teas were available for, you know, just regular ass drinking because he was having a date come over. Um, I like this person, y'all. This is very good. I hope good things happen. That's all I'm going to say. And then, you know, because I'm me and he's he, (laughs) um, we, of course, were like, oh, I should make a tea. Me meaning I meaning me. Okay. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, what does she like? You know, we talked about it a little bit and I said, all right, well, I'll make it later on tonight. Um, fast forward to later on tonight, we was in the bed cackling, um, sleep delirious and no tea was being made. So this morning I got up and actually me and my other boyfriend, daddy are going to a tree house motherfuckers and we're in the tree house and it's really nice. But anyways, we left this morning for the treehouse. So I had to hurry up and whip up this like tea that I was supposed to make the night before. Whatever, based off of these flavors that she likes. I was going to use a ginger black tea that I have where the ginger is very soft and add more ginger to it. But then I changed my mind and said, let me use this oolong instead. Wrong. Did not work out because oolong was too strong. So then I just had to add extra stuff and it just tasted like yeah just the oolong and so I was like let me add more stuff let me add more stuff um and then I put some chili pepper um flakes in it the the, the seeds right because we had some dry peppers I can't remember what kind of dry peppers we had maybe um serrano peppers but there was this little tiny thing of four ghost peppers and it was a little bit just like five little seeds in the bottom of the pack. I said, ooh, let me get them seeds. I put them in there, mixed it all up, tasted it. Y'all, it tasted like damn oolong, but spicy. The back of my throat was burning. Um, And so I added some other stuff and I just kept tasting it and it just didn't taste good. So basically I pulled down my old faithful Lady Grey cream that I make on the regular and was like, here. She can have this. Don't touch this other tea. Maybe when I get home, I'll try to fix it. But I don't know, y'all. I don't know. I I mean, I like spicy things and I like oolong. And I like this oolong specifically. Um, So I just will probably drink it as a regular as tea, you know. Yeah, that's probably what's happening. So yeah, that's on, um, you know, what's the tea because... I just did not have good experiences with tea today. Shit. All right. So like I said, I'm in this tree house. Because of that, we don't have a raise, rants, and raves because this week has been hella crazy. Um, I had a lot of things to do um, for like, you know, my stuff, my business stuff, helping out partners with certain stuff. And also Friday was my seventh anniversary with daddy and we are in this tree house and i'm recording this in a tree house y'all so if you hear anything we in the tree house 
in the nature hoes. Um, so I don't really have any rants and raves. I got a rave that I'm in this treehouse and it looks good. And um, I'm about to be taking lots of pictures. Um, I've been hearing little snippets of things here and there, but I have not really been on the news like that. I know like the Oscars is happening. You know, I, I, I heard about the trans folks getting mad at um, the swimmer. I forgot. I forgot her name. Because that's how out of it I've been. I saw some stuff on the interwebs about that. I also saw some stuff on the interwebs about Picard season two. And I may, I just may start watching it because I didn't, season one did not resonate with me. But I heard from a good source, a couple of them on the Twitter that season two, it gets better. Um, and let me tell you, I've watched, I watched every single episode of every single other trek. I got through enterprise and people didn't believe that I could do it. Um, it was not bad. Uh, I got through all of them. I got through the original series as an full grown adult. When discovery is a thing, Whew. I got through that, a rewatch of that. So I can do this. Um, anyways, so that's Ray's Ransom Raves <laughs> this week. I don't have nothing. Um, I am chilling. This place is so very, very, very fucking cute. And yeah, we got here and explored and got high and I started recording. And this will be a great episode. Okay. So the name of the episode today is Foundations. Um, I was originally thinking about calling this episode Starting Off Single, but then I realized this doesn't really matter if you're single or not. A lot of the things I'm saying I feel like will apply regardless, but it really what I want to talk about is what I feel like is some of the foundational work that you need to do. Because I get a lot of questions about what to do when you're first starting out as polyamorous or non-monogamous, especially if, you know, folks are starting off single, which is why I was going to call it that. Um, and by that, I mean, you're not in a current relationship or you're not opening up a, you know, longstanding relationship or even a, a shorter relationship, but you're not opening up a relationship. You're just coming and it's, and it's you. You may have folks that you're talking to, but not really. All right. There are so many resources out there about things to do when you're first opening up and things to do when you're starting off with polyamory and how to deal with jealousy and here's best practices and here's some self-work that you need to do etc 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 but what I come across most from newbies who try to date me um it's hard it's sometimes some some folks it's easier for them because of their natural inclination for certain things. But other newbie poly people, it is very, I think, difficult to date me because not that I give no fucks, but I'm very, um, huh, what's the word? It's not that I'm a tough love because I don't think it's tough. I just don't have any qualms about saying things and I'm pretty direct. So even if it isn't, it doesn't come off harsh or it's not um, not phrased in a bad way or even if it's huh, whatever. I personally just say it. At this point in my life, I'm like, I can't sugarcoat it. And this is what I'm seeing. Here are some suggestions. Or this is what I'm seeing. You know, if that's wrong, tell me. But I'm going to say it. I'm going to point it out. And a lot of folks, I think, need a little bit more hand-holding than that because my hand-holding is mostly um, I can think of, here some suggestions for things, things that I know that I can do to help you with this. And I can't do these other things. I'm sorry. I cannot do them. And some folks need more than what I can give for that. But anyway, doesn't matter. What I come across most from newbies who try to date me is that they don't know what they want. They like didn't take the time to uncouple all the different aspects of relationships and match up what they wanted in general from everybody, what they wanted in general, what they wanted from specific people, or if they were already coupled, what they wanted from other partners. So because of that, they 
meet me and then the expectations aren't really formed or they're just like relationships mean this. And then whenever I say, here is what I have to offer, here are some ways that it can work, um, whatever, whatever. And then they're just like, hmm, I don't know what to do because this doesn't look like a relationship to me. But relationships can look many different kinds of ways. And that's what we're going to talk about today is steps to discovering what do you want in polyamory. So I think that some of this will be trial and error. And of course, as with all things, you have the license, you have the right to change your mind. You can become aware of some shit that you didn't know before or have to face some past trauma or as things come crop up, that have never happened to you before, reinforce some boundaries or create new ones because we're always growing, we're always learning. I think that this is a great start to, you know, reading all that literature that's out there, sure. Um, Learning how to do nonviolent communication. Yeah, great. Although people have pointed out nonviolent communication may not be the greatest. And there are other types of communication too that you can learn. Um, communication styles, communication types, what types of folks you like, you know, what types of apology languages, love languages, all this, read all of that stuff, do the jealousy workbook, please still do all of these things, but also keep in mind, I guess, these things that I'm saying, because it's very hard to have a relationship with somebody and you don't even know what you want because you didn't take the time to think about it. And so you're starting off where you're just kind of playing a guessing game on whether or not you want something or you don't, or maybe you do know that you want it, but you're trying to hide it, all of that. So anyways, let's get started. Number one, why are you polyamorous? What are you looking to get out of it? What do you want? Not your partner, but you. And be honest. This ain't shit that somebody else has to see. This is for you. And for you only, okay? So be honest. Is it just more sex? And if that is what it is, that is okay. There are many types of non-monogamy. And yeah, they're valid. Um, Except for the unethical ones, but it doesn't matter. Um, So yeah, if it's more sex, if it's more sex. Do you want relationships? Yes, but do you also want group sex? Is it because you want casual sex? But with a friendship or a partnership, that's not as entangled as we were socialized relationships had to be. Is it autonomy? Even if you decide you only want one romantic or sexual partner, is it to give yourself options or give your partner options to do certain things with other people because y'all not compatible in that way? Like seriously, be hella honest with yourself and make a list. Okay, now with that list, put them in three different categories. Must have things that you want from all partners, you need this from all partners, could have, you don't need this in a partner, but will prefer to have it in at least one partner, and then must be nice, things that you really, 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 really want, but realize if you didn't have it, you actually be good. So I like this because it really puts in perspective what's important to you. So you're making a list of like, This is what I really, really want out of non-monogamy. Physical stuff. It can be practical stuff. It can be sexual stuff, sensual stuff, whatever. But like, why did you make this decision? And then you're putting the things in the list. And I think folks who come into polyamory or non-monogamy for different reasons will find different things in their little categories. And it's very important because... You need to know your bandwidth. If you want something that's in all partners, great. Those are pretty much your deal breakers. You won't not have it in a partner. Um, or if you do, it, it might be a lot, a lot of negotiating that happens. Whatever. And then your could-haves, you don't need this in every partner. But these are still things that you want, that you need in at least one partner. So let's say that you want kids with a partner and you have two partners who don't want kids, and your bandwidth, which I talked about on the last episode, so you can go back and listen to the last episode and learn more about bandwidth, and your bandwidth is only three people. You might want to now put 
more of an emphasis. You may want to put more of your focus into cultivating relationships with folks who want to have kids. Because if that's, I must have this thing, it doesn't have to be with all my partners, but I must have this thing, then you need to do that. So like, for instance, for me, my must-haves is, one of my must-haves, I'm not about to make the, I'm not about to tell y'all the whole list, but one of my must-haves is enjoys physical touch. I tried it. I tried it with somebody who they did not enjoy physical touch. And I also tried it with somebody who was neutral about physical touch. And let me tell y'all, it ain't for me. (laughs) It ain't for me. Okay. Yeah, that's it. All my partners have to like to be touched. And I can connect with somebody and that's cool. But if that's something that they don't want to do, it just will not feel right to me. When I say all my partners, I really mean it. My platonic partners. We be we be cuddling and shit too. I remember in college, somebody, one of them actually used to say to the rest of us, why you do know that there's a bigger couch. Why are y'all sitting in the same chair? Because we likes to cuddle. We likes to wrestle. We likes physical touch. We like to hold hands and shit. And then the one who said that actually, now she be hugging me. You know, she be like, hey, you be getting me to do these things. And I don't force her to do it, um, but I do feel very touched whenever she does do it. So like I said, it could be a lot of negotiation that happens. And this is something that you need, but you, the other person is like, that's not me. You can push beyond that or whatever, but I feel like negotiation has to happen. You know, it's not just super easy. I have to have some real serious talks because this is the must have. So that's for me, must have. Could have is regular sex. I don't need it with every partner, but I got to have at least one. Like right now with COVID and a whole bunch of other shit, my sex drive is like, (laughs) however, I still have (laughs) the one partner that I'm like, I have, this is a must have for me or a could have for me, but it's a, it's a must have in one of these people. And my man is ready to go whenever. Whenever. The only times this man ain't never been ready to go is whenever he been sick. And even then sometimes, polo baby, him try. Him try. So that's one that I have. I enjoy it. And I know that, you know, if I wanna, then I then it's re- it's, I'm ready to go. Um and he enjoys it. He doesn't like he knows I'm not using him. Um if anything, he's using me. <laughs> but anyways, um, and so for me, that allows me to like have really, really great connection and also really, really, really great sex with my other partners who are demisexual and great sexual. And then, you know, I, then I have my platonic partners and my platonic more and we don't have sexual touch in our relationship for the moment. Um, so, you know, I don't I don't need to have it at all. And it allows for me to be more fluid in my other relationships because I know I have this one thing. Oh, that's an, another thing is um, a power exchange dynamic, which I have that with him as well. And so I don't need it with anybody else because I have it with him. It's something that I need. It is a need for me, but I don't need it with every partner. All right, so that is the could-haves. And for me, the must-be-nice. Okay, for me, must-be-nice is wants to live in a self-sustaining commune type situation on a lot of land with a shared kitchen and a living area in the small, not tiny homes spread out around for each person to have their own specific space. If they want to go over to the common areas they can but if they don't they can be in their little house they own space nobody no spouses nothing and if they want somebody to come over they can invite them and then they have to leave and go if that's what they want so must be nice is for everybody that i connect with <laughs> that's in my main circle wants to do this as you can see it is something that i really really want I really, really feel it down deep in my soul. However, if I never had it, I'll be good. (laughs) 
But if I did have y'all be a dream come true, somebody give me money so I can buy a whole bunch of land because my babies would do this with me. Please, guys. I actually do have folks who would, you know, be willing to, to, to do this. So, Sugar Daddy, where you at? Um, yes. Yes. <sighs> so, yes. Those are mine. So, as you can see, you can put as many things on each category as you want and put as many things in the list as you can all right so the next thing is actually something we're going to talk about next week is going to be a whole episode dedicated to this and this is connections not configurations so it's about cultivating relationships and connections not configurations which are like you know trias uh quads v's whatever you want to call them, people think about, oh, the configuration that I want is I want two girlfriends and one boyfriend. And in one of those girlfriends, we have our triad. And, and that's, that's what they're, they're, they're building up (laughs) configurations and not connections. The thing is, is that if you want a specific configuration, that's like, polyamory 301 401 not 101 so if you just coming into this this not something that you want to do i say this as a person who has been in a quad and as a person who has been in a few triads and one of them lasted years okay so it's hard work especially when there's folks within there who are still working from monogamy hangover. We're going to have an episode about that too. Those configurations are very difficult to maintain. It takes a lot of emotional bandwidth basically is what I'm saying because you're doing you're doing a lot. You're maintaining a whole lot of relationships in the equilibrium of the all the relationships together as a unit in that dynamic. And there are a lot of people who find folks who are highly compatible, highly, highly compatible with each other and are able to find these configurations, not necessarily easily, but relatively quickly. And then there's other folks who we see a lot on polyam groups and forums where they say that they want this specific type of configuration, even if it's like a specific V with specific um types of folks and specific genders or uh like i said all the different group dynamics or you know i'm gonna live with this many partners and then we gonna do this and this how the kids gonna be like it's great to say that you want that but i will put that on the could haves or must be nice list and not the must haves which is where a lot of folks put it but you you really need to be thinking about the types of relationships that you want to have, not the types of configurations that you want to have. These are people. They are people. And if you're really just trying to fit them into a slot, you're going to have a lot of hurt. So next week, we'll talk about connections, not configurations, which is cultivating relationships in connections, not the configurations, the different types of connections that you can have how to determine what type of connection you already have with someone and thinking about what kind of con- what kind of connection you would like to have with someone and then asking for what you want that's what we're going to talk about next week something that really 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 helps to think about the type of connection that you want with somebody is this really great graphic it's um the relationship anarchy smorgasbord it's uh, originated by Lyrica Lawrence and Heather Orr of the Vancouver Polyamory um, in 2006. And then Max Hill came and updated it with the guidance of some Facebook groups and um, folks putting in, you know, their perspective of what kind of relationships they like. And um yeah, so the version that I'm most familiar with is version five. Just in case you want to like, you know, look along, I'll have it in the show notes, um, a link to it. And as well as the other things um, that I may have mentioned already in this episode. The Relationship Anarchy Smorgasbord goes into 
different kinds of categories. And it is also a way to help you consider what you want with somebody, the different types of ways in which relationships are coupled together with certain things in our society. Um, We think of relationships, monogamous relationships, and say they must have all of these things together without, to be honest, realizing that you do a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about with folks who aren't your romantic partner, even if you are monogamous. So I think that this is good for anybody. It's a tool for discussion. If this is things that you want to do with somebody or maybe not do with somebody, and this is a great tool for you to organize those things. So again, we have your list of everything that you can think of. Do that first. The list of everything you can think of that you would want and be specific and be honest. All right? Two, break it down. Put must-haves and could-haves and must-be-nices for the things that you want. All right? And then look at the relationship anarchy smorgasbord and then start putting those things into the must-have, could-haves and must-be-nices. And then that way you get you a very clear picture of what you want your relationships to look like. So get into the relationship anarchy smorgasbord. Each category is a loose generalization and it just is there to help you think about these things. This whole thing is everything that can encompass the relationship. And you can just say, no, I don't want that at all. Throw it all the way out. Or you can pick and choose and say, some of these I want in my must-haves and some of these I want in my could-haves and some of these I want in my must be nice. So anyways, here we go. Legal, that's power of attorney. Uh, maybe you want a business partner with somebody and you want to adopt with them. You want to marry them and just have all the shit together. <laughs> um, I don't care about, I like, I, I like marriage. That sigh wasn't because I don't like marriage. I like marriage. I just don't like the automatic legal rights and stuff that you get with marriage without really signing any documents regardless. Anyways, um, your will executor of your will, stuff like that. A collaborative relationship. That means y'all do projects together. Y'all organize together. Maybe y'all build a garden together. Y'all teach or lead classes together, produce together, whatever. Financial. Money. You're sharing money or accounts or property or you give each other financial support if you need it or you're sharing other monetary responsibilities together. Romantic. All right, so, you know, I talked about this. Oh, oh, let me say this because I told my platonic more I was going to say this in my next podcast episode because we had a date the other day and we was talking about, you know, romance because they're on the aromantic spectrum as well. And um, I was like, you know, I think I figured out what romance really is because y'all know I, I talked about how I was struggling because I was like, Romance just means that you like somebody and you fuck them. But then I was like, there were people that I didn't have these whatever feelings for. And I was like, yeah, I'm fucking them. But, huh, it can't be that then. It can't be the fucking. And then I was like, it must be the emotional connection. But the emotional connection that I have with my closest friends is the same as the emotional connection that I have with folks that people are like, that should be the romantic person. So I'm like, it can't, it's not the romantic. I mean, it's not the um, emotional connection. There's something else. There's something, something else. And I think I finally figured out what that something else is. I think for me, the romance is if I want to give you tiny kisses all over your faces, all over your face, like not sexual or anything like that, that is the romantic feelings. That means I got the romance. Because there are lots of people that like, you know, I feel like, and I just want to all over their face. And you know who you are. And I don't care what nobody say. That's what it is for me. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. So anyways, on the Relationship Anarchy Smorgasbord, it says romantic and it says um, emotional attraction, emotional. Lord, I can't read. Um, It says emotional attraction, cultivating uniqueness and shared experience going on dates. Cool. Um, Communication. 
frequency and method because yes, baby, I need, I like frequent communication. Um, and I need this from all my partners. Um, but it says here, frequency and method. So like daily, weekly, monthly, annually, inconsistently, whatever, in person, phone call, text, written words, snail mail, whatever. Messenger, whatever. What's the communication frequency and method that you want to have? Next, sexual, kissing, orgasms, question mark, involving body touch, genitals, chemical reaction, whatever, mysterious sex things. It's not mysterious, y'all. <laughs> um, emotional support, listening, empathy, uh, being asked for advice, that type of thing. Partnership, where you have shared goals, shared values, um, you have a routine together, you want to do certain things in the future together. So, you know, you want that partnership. You embrace the changes that y'all are going to have in your relationship and say, no matter what changes happen, we're still going to be partners. There we go. Um, domestic routines, doing chores together, sharing a house together, maybe sharing a sleeping space, um, cooking meals together, sharing meals together, all of that domestic things. Do you need it with all your partners? Do you not? You know, I would like to have cooking, could have. This isn't a could have. I would like to be able to cook for or have my partners cook for me in their kitchens or in my kitchen at some point in our relationship. Is this actually a must have for me? I don't know. I've done it with every partner, so I don't even know how I would feel if it was not possible to do that. See? See, y'all? See? Anyways, next. Professional slash work, um, combining your social life with your professional life, you know, doing that stuff, like professional stuff together. Um, that's not necessarily the collaborative. Professional implies that it's your job and it you work together and you get paid together and not just like, oh, we're building a garden together or doing projects together, whatever. All right. Um, exclusivity. Sexual, emotional, social, or structural. Now, this is why I said be very honest about why you want to be a non-monogamy. Because you could want social exclusivity with a couple partners and not with others. Like, these are the people that I only take to social events. And the rest of y'all, we see each other in private. Or, you know, maybe we go to the grocery store together, whatever. But this is the person that I'm taking to the weddings. This is the person I'm taking to whatever. So, like, any exclusivity. Like I said, you can throw it out, keep it in, put it in whatever list. Um, emotional intimacy, being vulnerable, sharing beliefs and values, love languages. You know, that's the stuff that I like. That's how I like it, baby. Um, caregiving. So that's sponsorship, health, um, end of life, things that you want to share with somebody or you receive care from them. Um, whenever they're sick or if somebody is disabled and then the other partner wants to help care for them. Um, that is something that I've actually been reading about. I follow a lot of disability activists on Twitter and it's always interesting to me to read this because I wouldn't automatically think it, but that's, you know, because I have relationships that span a lot of emotional and physical entanglements um in in depth so yeah a lot of people apparently just assume that if somebody is disabled then they want you to take care of them and a lot of folks are like no I don't I have a caregiver for that reason and I pay them and I want to have a relationship with my partner that does not involve that and then there are other folks that are like, yes, I would like for you to help with my care. Maybe not be the primary one, but I would like for you to help with it. So talk to your persons, okay? Don't assume, y'all. Do not assume. I honestly, I have more to say about this, but I have an episode where it is more appropriate to talk about this i'm going to have a disability activist on to talk about dating and disability and also you know non-monogamy and disability and all of these things so whatever it'll come back up is what i'm saying so 
I'm a chill for right now. <laughs> um, physical intimacy, dance, hugs, massages, hand holding, um, co-sleeping, body contact, cuddles, all of that. Okay. Physical intimacy. That's not sexual. Religious and spiritual. That's, you know, shared rituals and beliefs, um, discussions. If this is something that you need with somebody, you know, put that down. If that's something that you want in a romantic partner or any kind of partner, honestly, yeah, that's okay. Um, kink, fetishes, uh, sadism, masochism, all of that. Uh, power exchange, which is age play, dominant, submissive, that type of thing. So the kink and the power exchange can be together or not. They can be separate, y'all. Public displays of affection. This is, are you doing them? And around who are you doing them and around who you're not doing them? So basically, events, is it okay? It's okay if people see us together in public, social media, family, friends, work, all of that. And you really need to think about who you want to do this with. Does it has to be all your partners? I have found out that, yes, for me, has to be all my partners. I went through that experience a couple of times of being the person where family, I'm, I do not have this big thing around family. I don't need to be introduced to your family or anything like that. But I definitely had a situation where I couldn't even meet this person's family as a friend. Like, I would have been okay if they was just like, this is my friend D and not, this is my girlfriend. That would I would have been okay with that, but couldn't even do that. So, no. Um, I don't care about work. I don't necessarily care about social media. But friends? Yeah. Events? I need to go be able to be seen with you in public. I need to be able to be introduced to your friends. I need to be able to go to events with you because I like doing things with my be- my peoples. All right, next, companionship, playfulness, shared activity, interests, intellectual discussions, all of that. I need this. I need somebody to be a big old goofball, okay? I need gremlins. I need goblins. All right, I need trash pandas, y'all. All All right, I need little like silly ass people to be playful with me. This is a need. I cannot have it, not not have it. I cannot not have it. Okay, all right, here we go. Next thing, co-caregivers. So if you have family, will this person also help you care for your family? Um, animals, y'all have animals together or children together, that type of stuff. Um, creative, doing creative things together, dancing together, um, doing crafts together, whatever. Labels or slash terms. What do you want for us to be called? Systems of oppression. Like, do you want to date folks who know the same financial situation that you're in? Like, it's very hard for me to date folks that have never been poor. Um, I have done it. It is possible, but it does get difficult for me. All right. Do you want your partner to be allied with you or um, of the same of different systems of oppression so that you have that solidarity where they actually know what it's like? Do you need somebody, at least one partner to be of, you know, the same sexual orientation as you, Um, the same race as you? So yes, important things to think about. So you go through all of this. You think about all of these things that I just named from the Relationship Anarchy Smorgasbord. Didn't I say it was a good tool? You match it up with the things you already said that you need and want. Some of the things that are on there, you probably have already thought about. Um, I suggest thinking about what you want first because you may think of something that's not on the Relationship Anarchy Smorgasbord. And I really feel like Some folks, like, they try to be unbiased, but if you see something first, you're going to tend to lean towards that instead of just coming up out of your own mind, your own imagination. And the first exercise is for you to really think about what it is that you want without outside things like this tool or your partner and really be open and honest with yourself about it. So you take... That list you made, this relationship anarchy bingo, if some of the things match up, combine them together, okay? And then you put things into three categories. There must have, could haves, and must be nices. 
And then with that, you kind of have an outline of this is how I want my relationships to go. These are the things that I would really like in relationships. I can confidently or, you know, not maybe confidently, but I have something where I can go to somebody and be like, if these are these are the deal breakers, if you don't have these, aren't willing to compromise in some area on these, then, you know, whatever. These are the things that are up for grabs. We can do this with each other if it turns out that we are compatible in that way. And this is a thing that is really, really, really cool. And if you're into it, great. But if you're not, it doesn't matter at all. And you can determine how many of the things from the could have list that you need per partner or anything like that. I mean, it's it's what you need. So only you can determine what it is that you need the importance of the things on the list. All right. And with that list, what I would suggest to do is have that list, keep it as a shorthand, but also write a manifesto or a care and feeding doc. All right, I have, I'm definitely gonna put this in the show notes. I have one on my website. And this document is something that I give to partners. I think I have one partner, maybe. Yeah, I don't think I have sent it to her, but we were friends for a good while first. But anyways, it's a thing that I send to generally folks that um, I don't know as well, that I've just started dating or who has expressed interest in me. And I don't like I don't really express interest in folks that I don't know pretty well um I am a chronic friend dater because friends are the best okay but if it is somebody that express interest in me like for a relationship and not let's have sex right now (laughs) like casual (laughs) thing then I'll send them this just so they can see where I stand because you know what? I did send something similar to my ex-husband. He definitely used it as a tool to just pretend to like certain things or to be down with certain things. It can be used as a tool for that. However, this is for the person to read and then you can discuss and then you will know, I think, pretty quickly um, if they faking because they'll start trying to push some boundaries. Um, Don't let them. All right. So, in mine, the first thing I have is general info. And in the general info part, it says, you know, some of the stuff that I um, have in my must-have list and some of the stuff that I have in my could-have list. And I phrase them different ways depending on if it's in a must-have or a could-have. So, for instance, the first thing says... I want our relationships to be open and honest, where we talk about our thoughts, feelings, emotions, wants, and needs, whatever their level of relationship, no matter what we communicate. We are considerate. We do not threaten and do not demand that it's our way or the highway. I expect respect and reliability. That is something I need in all my partners. The second one, I want my partners to respect each other. You don't have to like each other, but be cordial because I really don't care if people don't like each other. But if you happen to run into each other, treat them like a coworker, a colleague an acquaintance say hi keep it moving all right and then one that i put that's like a could have i say i prefer today people who are comfortably polyam and aren't set on riding the traditional relationship escalator with me i can date newbies i can do it i just state the reasons why it could be hard though um yeah and another thing that i say is um how much depth I how much depth I desire from a relationship is really dependent on the person. Every individual is different as is the way we relate to each other. So what I need from one may be different than what I need from another. My relationships need to be free to develop and become whatever they become. So this is me saying there are other things that I might want, but it's really dependent on you. Cool. Next, I talk about quality time versus me time. And here is where I talk about how I am an introvert and I need my me time in order to recharge for the quality time. And then also, because I'm an introvert, crowds, like they don't necessarily make me nervous unless it's like nobody I know there or unless it's a whole lot of white people and I'm the only black person. But otherwise, they don't really make me nervous. It's just that they drain me so much. So like... Yes, I would like to go to your parties and stuff like that. But I also need copious dates 
<laughs> after that or in between that where we don't do shit, okay? And I talk about the things that I like to do in quality time where one of those is food is a requirement. I must eat. I don't care if we see each other for two hours, we eating, okay? <laughs> finances. I talk about finances because I have some past trauma with that. And so I need to really clearly lay out my thoughts and feelings about finances, okay? And then I have other random things. Um, some could-haves are on this thing and then just other things that people should know about me that might affect whether or not they want to be with me. So like one of the things I have on here is I'll eventually have pets. The other thing I have on here is that I don't want kids. Um, I do not want to be pregnant ever and I do not want to have children of my own. However, I love the children and I don't care if my, I say it on here, I don't care if my partners have children with their other partners. Um, That doesn't automatically mean I'm trying to co-parent, but I will watch them. You know, I don't mind having them around during dates. I don't mind helping out with caring for them. I mean, I used to be a nanny and stuff. And yeah, so like I lay all that out here. I talk about how I like to travel. So if there is objections to me traveling with folks or me being away for two weeks at a time, things that I feel like might deter people that they should know up front. Okay. All right. So then I have, I have a section for kink where I talk about my, what I want in kink. Um, and I also have a section that's for family background, personal history and core quirks. So in here I talk about, this is my family. This is where I sit in my family. And here's a little bit of my personal history. I list some of my family history, my personal history, trauma, but very, it's in very, very, not vague terms, but very like one sentence Matter of fact terms, this. I have some of my quirks here, like um, me talking fast because I was a middle child and I had to get my words out quickly before, you know, next topic. And also about because of that, growing up in this big family, I expect to be interrupted. I don't feel a type of way about it. And I'm probably going to interrupt you too until I'm le- I'm actually learning to be better about this. I'm learning. Okay. Yeah, so talk about certain things like that. Um, Scheduling is a big thing for me. So I talk about it here. I have, wait a minute, one, two, two whole paragraphs. Wow, D, I have two whole paragraphs of me talking about (laughs) how I feel about scheduling and what we do and if plans are left in the air. And wow, yeah, okay. So here I list my main pet peeves. Here I list also some things about me that folks have complained about and why I do those things. For instance, here, actually ignoring my tone or simply asking me if I'm upset is the best thing to do. When I'm upset with a person, I tell that person. My irate tone or weird face may be caused by something else entirely or you're interpreting it wrong. So please don't assume immediately that it's because of you. So I put that in there. Later on after the fact, because this is criticism that I get. And so I'm like, this is what's up. And I've explained it to those folks. And I already put it here. So you already know. So yeah, um, I talk about the way I prefer to communicate. I talk about my diagnosis on here, um, depression, because a bitch be depressed and see PTSD. I also give this little thing and I say, hangry me, sleepy me, drunk me, and angry me. Um... This is funny because I do this with my partners a lot because I was like, I'd be like, hi, you did this or sleepy you always does this. And it's because whenever certain things are wrong with us, not necessarily wrong, but we need certain things like sleep or like food or we're in an altered state, like we're angry or we're drunk or we're high or we're sad. We act differently. And I just give a little fair warning of how I act. So like, here we go. If I just seem generally irritable, it's probably because I'm hangry. And I say a whole bunch of other stuff. When I get sleepy, I get super silly, say a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I give a little graft of my journeyness from tipsiness into <laughs> drunk. And I give a little graft that shows what I do. Angry me, I talk about 
me being standoffish or over the top and you know I am disorganized attachment style and so I've learned with that I'm mostly securely attached but when I'm triggered I definitely do one or the other um yeah and uh sad me I talk about sad me and how I am also whenever I'm depressed which doesn't necessarily mean sad me because my depression mostly asserts itself as like numb and then I had this template for a poly manifesto and it was taken from fat life and I can't remember who it was that like originated it and then I personalized it for myself first section availability and desire for new relationships this is important relationship boundaries and structure this is for folks who want a more structured type thing like if you want hierarchical polyamory or just other uh, different things um and you want to talk you you want to list it out here because you need to give people everything that they need you need so they can give informed consent you can't give informed consent if you don't have the full picture y'all all right and then you have um or i have my boundaries which is the boundaries i would have with every single relationship that i'm like if this isn't happening that i will leave the situation that doesn't mean break up but it does mean I, I will stop doing whatever thing or whatever i have it listed um transparency and full disclosure here i talk about who i will be telling about our relationship <laughs> what my transparency level is with my other partners the privacy level that i expect from you that you would like for me all right um relationship resources uh i basically i put here that i will communicate to my partners about my resources my physical presence and energy emotional energy availability from a distance like calling text and all of that um i put that here i just put that here that only that sentence but if you have certain things that you know already are like your your relationship resources your physical presence your energy um what you have time to help somebody process with you can put it here because mine varies through the seasons um because seasonal depression and other and other things so like i kind of have to communicate like at a time whenever i can't or can do things for folks um communication i talk about the communication type that i types that i like um you can talk here about, you know, whether you process um, by talking or whether you process internally. You can talk here about your locus of control. Um, you can talk here about what kind of communication that you want to have. Um, frequency. That was something that was in the relationship anarchy smorgasbord. You pull out of here. Support. Also in relationship anarchy smorgasbord. I put here what kind of support that I'm willing to give, like emotionally, physically, whatever, and what I would like. Um, permission versus coordination. This is for folks who have certain relationships where they need permission to do certain things like kink and all of that, and they can talk about that here so that you can also opt into the relationship if you want. Inclusion. This to me is the KTP part, the kitchen table polyamory type shit, and this is you talking about your preferred style. Um mine is some people call it garden party i've heard that very very recently but i always said i would like kitchen table poly but like kitchen table the way my household did it where some people are at the dinner table some people are from the tea some people come in the house say what's up y'all get they plate and leave uh that's what i would prefer for my polycule and if somebody wanted parallel that's fine i've had parallel i've requested parallel because of folks in my polycule and i don't mind if somebody wants parallel you know but inclusion it talks about that and like what parts of my life will you be included in um emotional turn-ons i like this um sex and I will be talking about this more in April because I have two episodes and more to come that are let's talk about sex. So I already have let's talk about sex part one. It's already recorded, y'all, um, because I have a guest coming on Woo! and I'm excited. I'm going. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be bomb. Next, sex and safety, because the first section was just about sex in general. 
Um, and then I have at the end, bonus sex questionnaire. Woo, bonus sex questionnaire. And this is what uh, my platonomore sends to her partners. It's uh, great. I, I think he sent it to me like, whoo, man, maybe five years ago, maybe even more. And I have that bonus sex questionnaire there. And, you know, and that's it. That's my whole manifesto. Um, it is a lot for folks to read. I've been told it is how many pages? It is 12 pages. It's 12 pages. However, it's um the first 10 are the actual manifesto. The last two are the bonus sex questionnaire. So, you know, whatever. It, it is a great exercise for you to really write out what you need. Even if you don't never send it to nobody and because you're like, this is too much for one person to read. Cool. Bet. Don't. <laughs> That's okay. That's, I promise you, it's definitely okay um, for you to do that. But it does help you if you go ahead and write it for yourself. Because then whenever somebody is asking you what you want or y'all start talking about what is this relationship? What do we want it to be? Whenever they say certain things, you already know. Like, oh, I'm not for that. Or, huh, that's all my could be list. Or, dang, yeah, they are listing everything on my must-haves. You know? So this is the thing. Like, seriously, seriously, every newbie that has ever, ever wanted to date me has had an issue with articulating this like what they want out of relationships in general and what they want out of relationships specifically with me. They just kind of were like, huh, I don't know, like what a, a relationship. I want to be one of your partners. What does it mean to be one of your partners? And I'm like, it means a lot of things. <laughs> There's several things that that you can do to to be considered a partner for me. I am creating a document about this and about how to determine if you want somebody to be your partner. Like, what is that? How 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 do you figure it out? Which, you know, this episode kind of talks about how you figure it out, but I'm making it a little in a more concise form. Um, how do you figure it out? And what do you do afterwards, <laughs> basically? So yeah, that's what we are doing. And so everyone that's it that's the episode we're gonna go back it's steps to discovering what you want in polyamory number one why are you polyamorous what are you looking to get out of it honestly not just you not no partners not society you what what why are you why do you want to be non-monogamous and if you don't want to be non-monogamous why what what why are you here um <laughs> But you can do this even if you want to be monogamous. So that way you can think about what you actually want in a monogamous relationship because you can have a monogamous relationship and not have all of these things with that person and decide to have some things with your friends, y'all, okay? Anyways, what are you looking to get out of it? What do you really, really want? You, not your partner, you, because y'all can match up later, okay, and figure it out, but whatever. Write it out. Make three categories, must have, could have, it must be nice. That's the third category, it must be nice, all right? And then look at the relationship anarchy bingo, match those things up with those three categories, okay? And then with those two things, write your manifesto, even if it's just for you. Write your manifesto or your care and feeding manual, write it. And then next week, we're going to be back, back, back again, talking about connections, not configurations. And instead of focusing so much on what type of polyamory to have, what do the polyamory police say I have to do in my relationships? You think about the different types of connections in your life and which ones are important. Cool. And that's that on that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Sunny D Pod. Full transcript is available at this episode's page on sunnydpod.com. Theme song is by Cowpen Creations. If you want to support me on Patreon and get some little goodies, I have some really cute tiers and I'm probably going to go into them next episode, but I can't right now. But if you would like to follow me on Patreon, 
and support me in that way, you can go to patreon.com slash sunnydpod. For free 99, you can join my Facebook page, Sunny D Mix. And from there, you can join my Facebook group, Sunny D Pod. You can find me on Instagram at Sunny D Pod. Oh, and if you want to support me with like another method that's not Patreon, because you don't want to do it every month, you can catch my link tree, Lil Wild Minx. And yeah, you'll find my other things there that you can support me on. That's, you know, one-time payments and shit like that. Because like I said, I'm looking for that sugar daddy to help me buy this land. All right? All right? That's it. Stay foxy, y'all.